I'm William Stewart. Welcome back to our podcast on the major themes of scripture, but a fun study looking at scripture by topics, the topics that you most need to know to understand scripture. It's my privilege to bring it to you, and it's a great joy for me, and I hope it's helpful for you. So again, major themes are things related to Christ, God, the Spirit, salvation, security of salvation, our Christian walk. It's where we bring verses together from all over the Bible, as opposed to doing verse-by-verse study, which is a major way that we educate ourselves in Scripture. We bring them together by theme. Some people call this a theology, a big word basically describing the thematic study of Scripture. And it's extremely important because it's how we organize our mind about who God is and what he's done so we can speak it to ourselves and to other people so we can teach and encourage. Uh, so it's a, it's a vital structure. Please go to our website, read my disclaimer, uh, uh, get the study notes, uh, leave, a com- leave a comment, and um, uh, or any questions you may have, and we'll try to address this. We're in the Christian Walk section, and we've been talking about the church, its structure, its function, We're on a two-week section of the sacraments. Now, the sacraments are variously defined among church denominations. We're covering the two most common. Last time, we talked about baptism. And and again, I'm emphasizing here, I'm not trying to uh, really go into detail over church uh, tradition among the various denominations, but just what's in Scripture. So you can figure out the topic yourself, and you know what's there and what's not there, what your denomination represents correctly, incorrectly, uh, maybe what they made up, what's what's solid in Scripture. So you are knowledgeable. So um, this week we're talking about communion, very important because it commemorates the death of our Lord Jesus Christ and sacrifice for us and his resurrection. Uh, for our forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And um, so it's just, it's a very vital, but also controversial because, again, many denominations and people celebrate this in a variety of different ways. And much like baptism, communion defines, helps define denominations along with church government. And, and the topic can get quite emotional. So, what is communion? Well, it's taken from um, the four Gospels, uh, talk about it uh, in, uh, well, excuse me, really, John does not, but the synoptics do, and they they mention um, the celebration of communion in Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke 22. And then it's described by Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, in the middle of his criticism of the Corinthians about how they were celebrating it. But he does say very nicely that when he, Christ, had given thanks, he broke bread and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup, which he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament of my blood. This you do as often as you drink it, it in remembrance of me. So 
uh, this is a, a nice recap of communion. <clears throat> so what is communion? Well, it's a celebration of uh, primarily Christ's death on the cross. He hadn't resurrected at this point. And there are two elements, the blood and the bread. Now, this is intrinsically, I think, tied up into the resurrection. And again, this everything about everything I say here will be controversial, but I'll tell you why. What does the wine represent? Well, the wine represents his blood that is spilt for the forgiveness of our sins. So for those who come to the cross figuratively and believe by faith that Christ died for their sins, do receive forgiveness of their sins. This harkens back to uh, Exodus 24, 6 or 7 or 8, or 6 or 8, the blood of the covenant where Moses sprinkled the blood of the sacrifice on the people. And uh, basically the words of um, communion are taken from this verse. All right, the bread. This is a little bit harder to comprehend. The body is broken for us. And it doesn't tell us specifically why. But it, I think we can read from several other uh, verses. We can gain an understanding of this. So we know from John 6 that the manna was given in the desert uh, to nourish the those in the desert. So after their redemption, they were brought up and nourished. Uh, while they were changed, ideally, they were changed in the God's uh, holy priesthood and a godly nation in the desert. Of course, they didn't do that because they they sinned. So the manna was there to nourish them in a sense, in, in a figurative way, change them. So he, Christ in John 6, then likens the manna to bread. He is the bread of life, a very famous verse. And then he says uh, in the uh, Verses in the 50s that one must drink his blood uh, and eat his flesh. Otherwise, he being the bread. Um, to have eternal life. <clears throat> so what does this mean? Well, his broken body, he being the bread, we must consume that and be changed and nourished much like the uh, Israelites in the desert. And the result of that, we read in Hebrews 10, again, themes in the Old Testament, which are theologically important, are always wrapped up in the New Testament. So we enter the Holy of Holies in uh, Hebrews 10, uh, verses uh, 19 to 22, through the broken body of Jesus Christ, the ripped veil into the presence of God. And there he considers us, Romans 4, righteous. Why isn't just forgiveness of sins enough? And this comes from 1 Corinthians 15, 17, because remember at, in the Garden of Eden, Adam sinned and the whole race fell. Man became depraved. So if we have forgiveness of sins, as wonderful as that is, but as 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says, we're still in our sin because we're still in a depraved body. So that body broken for us then allowed a provision for sacrifice that God then consider the person coming to Christ by faith righteous through that broken body, through that ripped veil, um, through eating his flesh and the regeneration that comes from the spirit so that through the regenerated person, there is a new body 
uh, nourished up on that figurative bread uh, that God can consider righteous. Thus, we can come to him in prayer into the Holy of Holies anytime we want. We can go to him for eternal life and stay with him in heaven because the righteous, a righteous God, our righteous God, cannot tolerate sin, but we're considered righteous now, and we can go before him. Difficult concept for wonderful promises. We, through faith alone in Jesus Christ's sacrifice, the spilling of his blood and the breaking of his body, have forgiveness of sins, and we have a God who considers us righteous, although we didn't deserve it. Okay, so practically then, in the church, how does all this play out? Well, you can see from the uh, passage in 1 Corinthians, and it's like those in the synoptics, there's great flexibility in how communion is uh, celebrated. So uh, where, when, who serves it, uh, how many times, um, is it done in church, is it done in homes, or, or, or anywhere you want? I believe it's up to the individual in faith because it's just not specified. Again, in terms of the church, scripture gives us great flexibility of how we form and and uh, uh, operate our churches, our houses of worship, so we can fit to in any culture at any time, be it to be able to teach the word of God. So this is all left flexible. Now, again, in denominations, these are usually done by in very specific ways. In terms of location, the time of the service, who serves it, who can take communion, um, it defines those denominations. <clears throat> but you'll have to realize for yourself as you read this and consider how much of that is really in Scripture. How is that defines defines a denomination? Now, does that mean you should leave your denomination if you disagree with how they serve communion? Well, no. Uh, sometimes we are flexible in our service to our churches, even though everything. They do may not be completely scriptural, but they've decided to do certain things by faith and it may become tradition. And it's just up to you if that tradition makes you break from the church or not, or will you stay and serve? Realize in the next church you go to, also you will have issues of things that you may, for which you disagree. Okay, so communion, wonderful celebration for <clears throat> Christ's death and by extension, his resurrection. Uh, uh, after his death, that that uh, eternal life that was going to be received by the uh, apostles and us now, uh, it, it lays the foundation uh, for that um, eternal life through it being a new person and a person covered, our sins covered by Christ's blood. Okay, thank you for joining me today, and um, we hope you'll be with us next time as we continue uh, this uh, wonderful study of uh, not that the podcast is necessarily wonderful, but the wonderful study of God's word by thematic, um, by a thematic approach. Goodbye for now.